When I was in school, uh, there was uh, a number of people who, uh, in secondary school, a number of people, a number of my friends who would have been big into heavy metal and that kind of thing. I played a bit of guitar myself, so, uh, but I was never really taken by that style of music. Um, it's just a bit crazy, a bit thrashy, a bit never mind satanic and everything else that goes with it but it's, it's, uh, it's musically never really never really appealed to me but I did I remember thinking about it afterwards like what is the appeal what is the appeal of that kind of music I think the appeal is that it it it, it feels powerful everything about it like heavy guitar heavy drums heavy shouting Arr! everything is just you know, it's got, it's got presence. There's no kind of gentle subtlety about, about heavy metal music. It's kind of in your face, boom. And I think when you, when you listen to it as well, it gives, like it's the kind of thing people listen to maybe in the gym, right? It makes you feel powerful. It makes you feel strong. It makes you feel tough. Right? It makes you feel maybe even invincible. Right? It makes you feel just a bit, bit chunkier, which is, if you're a fella, that's a good thing. It's, it's a long story, yeah? So, anyway... On the other hand, things like mercy, charity, love, generosity, forgiveness can all appear weak. Sometimes virtue appears weak and other things that are maybe ridiculous appear strong. Maybe it, it appears weak to forgive. Maybe it... it, 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 it it feels more just or it feels better to hold on to a grudge. Because if the person hasn't asked for forgiveness, well, why should you forgive them? If the person hasn't asked you for forgiveness and there's no justice in just you saying, ah, you're fine, it's okay, I forgive you. Something is wrong here. So you feel like there's kind of more justice served if you can hold on to that anger and hold on to that grudge and hold on to that problem and never let them, never let them free of it unless they ask you, maybe even beg you for forgiveness. So it can feel more just or it can feel maybe you know, to a certain degree right to hold on to a grudge or to, to, to do things that make us feel powerful but, but, but in reality aren't. On the other hand, as I say, mercy and love can appear, appear weak, but they're not. They're not. It takes so much courage or virtue or self-control to forgive or to be merciful or to love without counting the cost. <coughs> if you look at uh, today's gospel, it's the gospel of the, the Good Samaritan. If we, 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 we know the story, so I won't go over it again, but just, just so we understand like, a bit of the, kind of the history or the politics behind what Jesus is saying. So Jesus is saying a man is on his way to Jericho from Jerusalem and he falls into the hands of brigands, take everything you have, he has had and, and left him half dead. Now, who was passing by? Keep in mind who Jesus chooses. A priest was passing by and ignored him. So in, that, that's easy to understand in our day. If Jesus were saying the same example, he would probably say a priest. A Levite as well. These are the, 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 the priestly tribe uh, of, of the 12 tribes of Israel. So again, these are people of, they should be people of, of a good moral standing, of a good moral example. So the priest walks by, the Levite walks by. And who stops and helps? A Samaritan. Now maybe we just think, 
in our little naive bubble that the Samaritans were just neighbours to the Jews. Because you know, we, we were so used to hearing a good Samaritan. Okay? The Jews considered Samaritans heretics. Uh, the Samaritans, they worshipped not in the temple in Jerusalem. So they were considered, they were, they were considered heretics. They were ousted from, from the Jewish community. So they were, they were not viewed well at all. So Jesus is telling this example to Jews. And he's saying, a Samaritan stops and helps this man. So this is, he's being a bit provocative here now. So, a Samaritan helps him. Dressed his wounds, brings him to a, a, an, an, an inn, pays uh, two denarii, two days' wages, and says he'll make good on any extra expenses that the man might incur over the next, who knows how long, couple of days, weeks, how long he'll be there. Okay. What does the Samaritan get for all of this? What does the Samaritan, like, what does the Samaritan get for being good? What does he get? He gets a debt. <laughs> well, he now has to pay. Because sure, what if the guy stays there two weeks? And when he comes to, he's actually an alcoholic and starts drinking like crazy and runs up a mad bill, which then has to be charged to the Samaritan. But what, what if he's a really hungry chap and just eats out of house and home and, you know, who knows? What if he's got a, a taste for good wines or caviar? Like, you just don't know. Anyway, the, the, point, the point is, what does, what does the Samaritan get for being good? It looks weak. To, it looks, it's, it's, it's actually it's risky to do what he did. I will pay whatever this, whatever this man costs you over the next couple of, as I say, days or weeks or who knows how long. What does he, why bother be nice? Why be good? I mean, he probably wasted half a day helping your man. If he's going to die, he's going to die. Poor thing, she blesses. What can I do like? I'm not a doctor. <laughs> do you know? Why be nice? I probably should answer that one, should I? <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm not in a bad mood. <laughs> <laughs> Why be nice? Being nice often looks weak. Being generous often looks weak. Helping others often looks weak, but it's not. It's, this, is where, like, this is where virtue starts to, to, to take root in our hearts and it becomes a, 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 a habit, There's this habit of, of, of loving without counting the cost. This is what the Samaritan is, is learning and is, by his example, teaching others to love without counting the cost, without counting the cost. So we don't even ask, what do I get out of this? Asking the question is a, it's a, bit, it's a bit selfish, is it? I mean, you're up there changing a nappy at three o'clock in the morning. Sorry, what do I get out of this? You say to your six-month-old. You know, what do I get out of this? Hmm? I could leave you in your soggy little nappy over in the corner, close the door, I wouldn't hear you crying because I'm wrecked because I haven't slept in six months. Actually, three months before we were born, you were born as well. Things weren't great. I haven't slept in nine months. Right? And just leave the child there and it'll be, all be fine. Bit of pseudo cream in the morning, power hose, we're all good. I mean a shower, a shower, a shower. But you get the point. Like, so we, mothers, parents learn to love without counting the cost. You don't. You don't count. You don't oh, tot these things up. So when your child's a teenager, you can say, have you any idea how many nappies I changed? Because I took note of them all. I can tell you. You know, you, you don't. You love without counting. If you start counting the cost, well, then, to be honest, you're, you're, that's conditional love. You're now loving because you want something. You want, you're loving because you want to get paid in some way. You want to get some sort of a bonus. And then you haven't learned to love. 
So, so loving without counting the cost, loving without asking what do I get in return, that's love. That's learning to love in, in truth. That's learning to love as God loves. That's learning to love with, with, with a, a more divine heart. Where I love, I forgive, I'm merciful, I'm charitable. Not because I want something in return. But because this is what the Lord asks of me. And I, 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 I'm supposed to be, I'm called to be, a person who loves like that, a person of virtue. Because I'm called a Christian. And Christian doesn't mean we're part of this Catholic club or... It means I'm supposed to be Christ, Christ-like, a follower of Christ, a student of Christ, a disciple of his. So I'm called to live like him, to love like him, and, and not count the cost. Now ultimately, we, we know that we, we do get repaid, if you want to call it that. Maybe not this side of eternity. Maybe, but maybe yes. Maybe people actually like working with someone who's honest. Maybe people, we have a, my parents, for example, there's a mechanic that they know who's um, a Protestant friend of ours from a neighboring, a neighboring town, and the guy is as honest. He's as straight as a die. You know, that is, yeah. Uh, he's, a re- he's a very, very good mechanic, but will never install something that doesn't need to be there, will fix everything that needs to be fixed and no more, and he's just really, really honest. My parents always go there, even though it's not, he's not even in our town, because he's so honest. So yeah, maybe at times... Virtue does pay off. Virtue most definitely pays off within marriage. So being good, being virtuous, these things are not weak. These things change hearts. These things change lives. Love and virtue, they save lives. They bring light and joy into the darkest places and no amount of any kind of music or no amount of anything that makes you feel powerful will do that. Why? Because it's the grace of God, not us. And we live like that, we give him, not just ourselves. So, it does pay to be good. And it's not weak. It's not weak to be merciful. It's not weak to be generous. It's not weak to be charitable. They set us free. And they make us more like Christ. What a beautiful way to live. So we ask the Lord today to free our hearts to love as he loves without counting the cost.